Hi, my name is Reverend Dr. Sally Douglas and I'm the minister at Richmond Uniting Church and you are welcome here. You're welcome if you're part of Richmond Uniting or if you connect with us occasionally or if this is the first time you've connected with our online worship. We've begun to worship face to face and you're obviously welcome to join us there. But if you're not able to, please be assured that this audio worship will continue to be available at least for now. So I invite you to take a moment to arrive. You might like to light a candle at home if you're listening there or if you're listening while out in nature, just take a moment to stop and take some deeper breaths. In this audio form of worship, there are silences at different times and I haven't lost my place. There are invitations for you and for me to be praying, to go more deeply with God. And if the silences feel weird and you can't settle or you start thinking about what you have to do later, I invite you to be gentle with yourself and just to call yourself back because cultivating stillness in our lives is a practice sometimes it flows well sometimes it's almost impossible our our inner mind is just racing too much so be gentle with yourself knowing that God longs to meet us as we are not as we wish we could be as we sink into this moment you might like to imagine Holy Spirit filling you as you breathe in the one Jesus speaks of as Ruah, breath. And as you breathe out, filling the space where you are, breathing in. And breathing out. Let's pray. Precious God, blessed Trinity. Holy One, Sacred Three, we're grateful to be here. We praise you for the beauty, the joy, the hope. Mother, Father, God, our source and our homecoming, we're grateful to be here and we praise you for the beauty, for the joy, for the hope. Jesus, face of God among us, you who disrupt our expectations and call us into wholeness, we are grateful to be here and we praise you for the beauty, for the joy, for the hope. Spirit holy, you who are as close as our breathing, Ruach, you who awaken us to freedom, we are grateful to be here and we praise you for the beauty, for the hope, for the joy. Blessed Trinity, we are still before you. in spirit and in truth together.
Through Jesus we pray. Amen. As we gather today in worship, we honour the people of the Kulin Nation, the Wurundjeri people where Richmond Uniting Church is located. Honouring elders, acknowledging elders past and present and emerging. And we also acknowledge elders from across First Nations where people are gathering on land as well. We acknowledge that land has never been ceded. And we join our yearnings with the yearnings of God for there to be truth-telling and justice. And we commit ourselves again to this God's way. In the Christian calendar today is the second Sunday in Advent and there's this old uh, hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And so there's a link on the website to this hymn. I particularly, I mean, it's a beautiful Advent hymn and it's a Wesley hymn. But I, this line in it really strikes me about Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. And today, in the second Sunday of Advent, when the theme is peace, we're going to explore this link between freedom and fear, peace and fear. So I hope you enjoy. Our first reading is from the Psalm. It's Psalm 85, verses 1 to 2, and then 8 to 13. And it's got this incredible imagery within it about peace and righteousness. So listen out for that. Psalm 85, 1 to 2, and then 8 to 13. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You pardoned all their sin. Let us hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful and to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go up before him, and will make a path for his steps. Our Gospel reading is from Mark. It's the beginning, the very beginning of Mark's Gospel. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. Listen to this. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, John was clothed with camel hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. For these words of faith and Jesus the word, thanks be to God. We're going to pray and then we're going to dive into these ancient sources. Tender God, please 
through alchemy of great spirit. Breathe life into these ancient words. Please guide my words and all of our listening and speaking that we may hear your voice to each one of us. That we may be drawn more closely into your truth and abiding in you. Through Jesus, the living word, we pray. Amen. So I wonder what you think of when you hear the word peace. What images or feelings come to mind? I wonder if peace is connected in your mind with a lack of conflict or of no longer being hassled or finally having some peace and quiet. I wonder if peace actually sounds a lot like boredom to you. Perhaps for you right now, peace is actually more about not being confused, not stuck in indecision, but having some clarity, some peace of mind. I suspect at different times in our lives, peace will have different connotations for us. I think this year it's pretty funny in the reading cycle that the theme of peace lands on the week when we hear about John the Baptizer. So as you will have gathered, in Mark we don't get a story of Jesus' birth. There's no nativity, there's no shepherds, there's no wise ones, there's no baby Jesus. We don't get to hear about Mary and Joseph and journey, no star. Instead, the gospel begins with a bang and we hear John the Baptizer yelling at everyone out in the wilderness. I think it's funny that we land here on Advent too when the focus is on peace because in terms of Second Testament characters and what they're like, John the Baptizer is probably the least peaceful that we meet, or one of the least anyway. At least he's the least peaceful if we think that peace is about someone who avoids conflict or who doesn't rock the boat. We hear in Mark and across the Gospels that John the Baptizer is not afraid to speak his mind. He calls people to account and he offends people regularly. If you read Matthew's version about John the Baptizer, we hear John the Baptizer saying things like, you're a brood of vipers to people who come out to hear what he has to say. Charming. So not peaceful in the sense of not rocking the boat. John instead is incessantly calling people to radical change. He is constantly ruffling feathers. He is constantly challenging. And as we hear today, he's famous for this language of repent. The Greek of that is metanoia. It means turn around, turn around or change of heart, change of mind, repent, turn around. And this imagery of forgiveness of sins, often this gets um, really confused with things that Jesus says, but this is a really central John the Baptizer theme here. Repent, turn around, forgiveness of sins. And again, this is helpful to know the sin language here and throughout the Second Testament, hamatia. It actually means missing the mark. It's a bow and arrow term. Like, you know, when you meet the middle of the bullseye, it's missing the bullseye, missing the mark. So we could say John's words in a different way. Repent, turn around from your sins, from missing the mark. Turn around from missing the mark. Change your mind. Change your behavior. Change your life. So not that peaceful, actually, if we think of peace as lack of conflict. Not polite. John does not abide by cultural norms. John is provocative in words and deeds. It's not normal for people to live in the desert 
eating locusts and wild honey then or now. He disrupts all kinds of expectations. So what do we do with John the Baptizer and thinking as we think about peace on this second Sunday in Advent? I think it's actually probably a gift for us. Maybe especially in Australian culture, because in Australian culture, at least in Western culture, we so often shy away from conflict or hard conversations. Maybe on the footy field it's okay or in question time in parliament it's okay, but in our interactions we often don't have the hard conversations. We might talk about someone behind their back, but we don't often as a culture do the front, direct challenging conversation no we're not like John and I think this holding together of John the baptizer and themes of peace is actually a really good healthy direct challenge to us to think about what we mean by peace because too often in our culture we think of peace as politeness or peace as the absence of conflict In the same way that we mix up the idea of loving neighbours with being nice to neighbours. They're not the same thing. So I just want to unpack this with us a little bit further because it's so much part of our culture that we can sometimes not even notice it. So some questions. What if being peaceful is not about keeping the peace? What if peace is not the absence of conflict? And what if at heart peace is actually something much harder, sorry, but true, much harder and more honest? What if peace is actually about wholeness, right relationships, righteousness? What if peace is actually bound up in truth? And this is where we get closer to how John lives. What if authentic peace is about leaning into who and how God is and who and how God calls us to be as individuals and as communities, communities of radical compassion? If peace actually has something to do with truth, then it's about our inner life our core values and beliefs actually being reflected in our outer life, our behaviour, our speech. What I'd like to suggest to you is that this is where authentic peace resides. Just think for a moment when you have felt the most peace in your life. Could be now, it might have been some time ago. And when have you felt the least peace, the most ill at ease? Now, I suspect rather than this being about, oh, that time you're on holiday or that time when you got everything done on your list or that time when there was no conflict or no pressure, I suspect that you felt most peace when you knew you were where you were supposed to be when you were living out of your core values, when you were doing what you really felt called to do. Even if there were lots of demands, even if there was conflict, I suspect you felt the most peace in that. 
And likewise, the least peace when you are going against your intuition or against your true values. The Hebrew word for shalom, peace, is taken from the root word shalom and it has this sense of to be safe in mind and body or state. It has this sense of completeness and fullness, a type of wholeness. And gee, that's helpful for us right now. This is peace not as the absence of conflict. Instead, it's peace as wholeness and integration. It's really helpful for us to hold this sense of peace as shalom, as wholeness, of completeness and fullness as we try and step away from the plastic versions of peace which are about politeness or the absence of conflict. Because to think of shalom, peace, wholeness, we are called back to centrality of integrity, of being integrated, of our inner life matching up with our outer life. With us being able to say the truth on our hearts, even when even when we know that this will bring conflict or disappointment. Just like John does. Just like John the baptizer does. Now this kind of peace is really hard work and it's really brave. And in the church I suspect it's made even harder because we have so much of the time taken on the lie that peace is politeness, that peace is the absence of conflict and as I said before that somehow... Loving people is being nice to people, you know, not rocking the boat. Oh my word, we need to get free of this. Being loving is not always being nice. Being peaceful is not always about avoiding conflict or not challenging people. Just look at how John speaks and acts, but also most importantly, the one that John prepares the way for. Look at Jesus. As recorded in the Gospels, Jesus says hard things Jesus challenges Jesus enters into conflicts in love not niceness but in love speaking truth and if we're followers of this one we're called into this same kind of being a robust sense of peace but it's going to take time for most of us this is invitation into integration and speaking truth and hearing truth a much more robust a much bigger sense of peace is going to be hard work especially for those of us who hate conflict especially for those of us who have been through abuse especially for those of us who have been brought up not to rock the boat and culturally that happens a lot to women not only to women but women have often been told don't rock the boat both in um, explicit and implicit ways so it's going to take grace it's going to take practice we're going to need safe people to journey with as we try and work out how to speak our truth even when we know it's going to upset people and we're going to fail sometimes but upsetting people doesn't mean that we've failed at it we just need to get practice at being able to speak truthfully with love not narkiness and bitterness and meanness Now, in calling us to have this integration of our inner life and our outer life and speaking truth, I just want to flag that clearly there are some situations where it's not safe to do that. There are some people whose toxic behavior is so unsafe that even to call it to account is to put ourselves at risk. And so we need wise friends to journey with us in exploring when to do this and when not to and when to just remove ourselves from certain people. We need to be prudent. We need prayer, we need wise companions. 
But we're still called to do the hard work and sometimes the beginning of that hard work can at least be the naming of our truth to ourselves and to God and then to some trusted others before even thinking about confronting other people. The call to integration is at the heart of the call to peace. But it is pretty countercultural. It's a call into costliness. And it's so costly because it's a call out of fear. Because that's the thing. So often our desire to live in so-called peace, where we think of peace as the absence of conflict, it's all fear-driven. It's a fear of disappointing people or upsetting people or challenging people. It can be the fear of being excluded or shamed by others if we speak our truth. It's all fear and totally natural. It's a totally natural human response. But it can and does enslave us. The call into peace at Advent, the call into following Jesus, is the process, and it's not automatic, is the process of beginning to lean into the realm of Jesus. It's beginning to discover that there is another way to live. where we discover, as Jesus says, we are loved. That we are beloved of God and that even if, even if someone we care about or respect rejects us or is angry at us or upset at us because we've spoken truth or our truth, that we are still of value. We are still beloved of God. It's about shifting the power in our lives from looking to other people's approval to letting our identity be found in God. It's about being held in grace. From this place of learning to rest in this place and find our identity in God, we can begin to see actually see and know deep down within ourselves that our value is not based on other people's judgments but is found in God it's beginning to realize this deep down within us and in this realization we will be able to speak truth more easily and to live in truth more easily like John the baptizer who has no care in the world about what people think of him like Jesus the God one that John the baptizer prepares the way for who likewise has no partiality, no care about what other people think, but is entirely anchored in God. And who calls us to be likewise anchored in God, in truth and compassion, because here is where the peace will come, true peace. So imagine if we could expand our idea of peace as Christians to map more faithfully onto the call of God disclosed in Jesus. Where we know that loving people, loving neighbours and kin and strangers and enemies is not a call to always be pleasing them or agreeing with them or keeping the peace. But instead knowing that loving others is about embodying the kind of robust compassion that Jesus does. 
that John points to as well. It means challenging, naming toxic behavior, sometimes saying no, walking away. It's a peace that is not about the absence of conflict, but rather comes from living in truth, from our core. Peace that is about righteousness being there as well. The place where peace and righteousness kiss, as the psalm says so beautifully. So I wonder, here are some wondering questions. As we think about this call into peace, as we think about this notion that actually the ultimate truth is that we are loved, that we are beloved, and that God longs for us and for all to abide in love, and that perfect love casts out all fear. I wonder. First, that easy question. When you hear the word peace, what do you think of? Stay with that, to stay with what it's bringing up for you. Then the second question, and these are all on the website. How might you live into more authentic peace, into truth and wholeness and integrity in ways in which your inner life and your outer life match up? Like how might you do this more? Just have a think. You don't have to act on it straight away, but even beginning to imagine doing it can be helpful. And then this is kind of pushing into this a little bit more specifically. Do you find it easy to say hard things to people, like to name the truth? Is your, is your natural inclination to keep the false peace? And then the second part of that is, what helps you to do this more easily? What supports you to live into peace as wholeness in integration? What helps you to do this? And it might be particular people, it might be particular practices, This is an invitation to growth. This is not about shaming any of us. This is hard yards I'm talking about, but it is the way of freedom. We're going to pray. All around the world in the Christian tradition, there is this ongoing practice of what's often called prayers of confession. And we call them prayers of letting go at Richmond Uniting because the word forgive in the New Testament, the Second Testament, a feo, it literally means let go or release. This is not some guilt trip. This practice is about being intentional, becoming aware of what's binding us up, what's blocking love, and seeking God's strength to release us. Because that's the thing, friends, we're not called into this as some solo pursuit to do in our own strength. God longs for us to abide in her, to to be freed by her so This is an invitation to let God near us. Invite us to prayer. Precious God, ground of our being, water of life, fire of truth, blessed Trinity, you are our peacemaker, you are our wholeness and you call us into your robust peace but sometimes we are afraid. We collapse into politeness We fall back from speaking our truth. Please meet us as we are. Set us free from fear. So that we can become more integrated, more whole. Speaking truth in love.
In the silence we tell you our truth. Please embolden us for grace. Strengthen us for truth-telling. Guide us in your great wisdom and love. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. St Paul says this. God was in Christ. Reconciling the world to God's self, not counting our mistakes, our trespasses against us, entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So, friends, hear Christ's word of grace to every single one of us. Your sins are forgiven. Thanks be to God. We're going to pray for our beautiful broken world. There's a, a refrain that you may like to join in with. When I say amen, which means let it be, you might like to say may peace and righteousness kiss. There's not going to be a whole lot of words in this praying for our world and you may like to use visual images or pray in your own words in the silences that stretch out. Dear God, there is so much conflict in our world and sometimes within our own hearts. We pray for places of conflict in our global village. Amen. May peace and righteousness kiss. Dear God, we pray for all those involved in the Australian military. We grieve the violence that has been done in Afghanistan. We pray for returned soldiers whose mental health is at breaking point and for families who are reeling from the loss of those who have taken their own lives, especially in recent weeks. We pray for the victims of violence in Afghanistan. Amen. May peace and righteousness kiss. We pray for those in our community who feel no peace who are torn apart by despair or fear please strengthen them to speak truth may there be wise people to journey with them may hope be born Amen. May peace and righteousness kiss. We give thanks for all those prophets for peace, all those advocating for justice and care of the earth, all those advocating for refugees, all the artists. 
They strengthen them in their work for compassion and creativity. Amen. May peace and righteousness kiss and we pray for those on our hearts this day. Amen. May peace and righteousness kiss. And we pray as Jesus inspires us in the words of a, a beautiful version of the Lord's Prayer by Jim Cotter, life giver, pain bearer, love maker, source of all that is and that shall be, father and mother of us all, loving God in whom is heaven, the hallowing of your name echo through the universe, the way of your justice be followed by all peoples of the world, your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom sustain our hope and come on earth. With the bread that we need for today, feed us. In the hurts we absorb from one another, forgive us and help us to forgive. In times of temptation and test, strengthen us. From trials too great to endure, spare us. From the grip of all that is evil, free us. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love, now and forever. Amen. Our final song for today, a suggestion, is from John Beryl. It's 665 in Together in Song. Jesus Christ is waiting. And I just want to read you these words because there aren't that many words in hymns where we actually get the truth told that Jesus gets angry and calls to account. But listen to this. Jesus Christ is raging, raging in the streets where injustice spirals and real hope retreats. Listen, Lord Jesus, I am angry too. In the kingdom's causes, let me rage with you. The whole song is about joining with Jesus in waiting, in raging, in healing, in dancing and responding to Jesus' call. And I think it's so important that we get free of these stupid poxy, let's just call it what it is, poxy versions of peace, which is about not naming truth and going along with revolting behavior. That's not the way of Jesus. We're called into something much braver, much bolder and inherently more whole and integrated. So friends, enjoy the challenge of peace this week. The call into freedom, because that's what it is, into truth. I'd like to offer an old Celtic blessing that's very beautiful. Friends, the truth is that we're called to be liberated and bold and to stand out and be who God made us to be. Loving others, loving ourselves, being in love with God and getting free of fear. So go boldly in peace this week. And here is this blessing for you. Deep peace of the running waves to you. Deep peace of the flowing air to you. Deep peace of the quiet earth to you. Deep peace of the shining stars to you. And deep peace of the sun of peace to you. Jesus, the one who breathes peace. Amen.